0: people. Holy cow, it's going to be a day. Um, Wow. All right. I've already been out for coffee. I've already been on a walk. I've already meditated. I've already done a little homework to prep for Unleash Your Power Within, which, oh, by the way, I have no clue what to expect, really. And I'm going to keep you posted every ounce of the way. One of the things I did learn in the pre-training this morning is that we may not finish until 10.30 tonight my time, which, since I've been up since four, feels like years away. And since I promise you evening podcasts, that means it's not going to come out till like 11 at night. So, bear with me, please, the next few days. I have no idea how my body's going to react to this. I imagine I'm going to be energized based on what it's indicating. But because it's new to me, I just want to be honest with you up front, right? I'm I'm telling you what you can expect from me just in case I'm, I'm off my rhythm. If you tune in regularly, I totally appreciate you and just hope you can hang in there for me or listen to a rerun. I don't know, um, I'm going to do my best, but I need to be present for the event, and I need to take away as much value as possible, so that I can pass it on to you guys in the future. So it's pretty exciting, it's like you're going with me, because as you know, I tell you what I'm thinking, I tell you what I'm feeling, and I tell you what I'm doing, and I'm going to continue to do that through this adventure. So very, very, very excited. I didn't even snoop at today's reading. So let's look at it together for the first time. Today's the 16th, right? It is the 16th. Okay, here goes. Gosh, only knows what's going to show up because I didn't sneak a peek. Okay, Bible verse, Matthew 7:12. All things that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. In the midst of active addiction, the drug of choice demonstrates how we relate. Dictates how we relate to others. On good days, overly cautious, boastful, effusive. On bad days, nasty, negative, rude, sometimes cruel. Fuck yeah, I've been there. Recovery means being aware that others are affected by our behavior and that Only abstinence grants us the freedom to choose our actions. I'm going to disagree a little bit. I think abstinence slash recovery. If we're not working and going forwards, we're going backwards. So it's not just about not betting. It's a good start, but it's it's more than that. When we first go into recovery, we are terrified by the openness we feel emotionally. We often feel wide open to others. I'm smiling. Can you tell? We don't have the drugs to hide behind, we don't have a way to manipulate our moods and to make sure we are acting in the right manner. It is a new feeling, often frightening, to realize that our moods have been so manipulated by our using. But as our spiritual life grows, we find a new peace. We learn to trust ourselves and others in a new way. With the help of our higher power and others in recovery, we become confident that our love and good intentions are lasting. Our love, joy, and sharing are beginning to seem real and straight from the heart. Our love, joy, and sharing are beginning to seem real and straight from the heart. Soon we will feel proud of the way we treat others. Today, give me the courage to treat other people the way I would like to be treated. Hell yeah, this is a good one. I mean, there's lots of good ones, but I know some days they hit me better than others. The reason I was kind of chuckling about when we first go into recovery, we're terrified by the openness we feel emotionally. That is so true, and I can remember that feeling in rehab and, and of course, in groups and and GA meetings, but I think in treatment the most, and I I didn't capitalize on it, to be honest, when I was in treatment. I didn't do a good enough job. Part of it was because I was crushing on this dude and I was like distracted a little if I'm being honest but I I also wasn't a fan of being vulnerable or open at the time so I, I could have done a better job with that but I turned out okay so it's alright and then Monday nights which is the group that I believe is foundational for my beliefs and how I show up now the coping skills group and the the counselors in there and my peers in there to to sit there and and this is a big part of where Bobby the Awesome comes from. Even though it existed before Monday night, night Group, and you know it's probably existed for ten years now, but the difference, the shift, the shift from saying it with ha 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 to to freaking meaning it because I'm doing the work and I'm showing up and it's fucking awesome to not gamble it's fucking awesome to not drink it's just fucking awesome to live life and embrace it so yeah (laughs) that's the difference between showing up emotionally and not showing up emotionally the the true essence of this reading though is treating others like we want to be treated that's what I'm hearing out of this Obviously, that's important. We've been taught that. I think I think probably all of us have been taught that since a young age. Now, whether or not we're good at executing it, whether or not the person who taught us practices what they preach, like there's a lot of variables. And I've had to – I've definitely had to implement this – well, this last eight months or whatever – yeah, I've had to implement this and I'll tell you that treating, treating, especially people that have hurt us, treating them the way that we would want to be treated if we hurt someone and, and for me what that looks like is I'd want to know so that I can learn from it and grow and apologize, you know, if my actions are hurtful. I would want clarity around my actions and, and just treated with, you know, respect and and love. Like, that's how I would want to be addressed if if I was hurting someone. And it's so easy when we're not being mindful of our behavior, mindful of our actions, mindful of our lives, mindful of our recovery. When we are... Gambling, using, drinking, whatever. Um, I definitely feel like it's Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde for me. I'm a different person. I'm agitated if I'm not gambling when I want to gamble. So how can I possibly be nice? And I'm still guilty of this when I get in the zone of, of working or trying to get stuff done. Or if things aren't going my way. I mean, ask poor Chuck. He got a whole spiel about all the stuff that I'm still not like if it's not my way I get pissy and you know he's seen that and I've explained it to him but anyway for me like especially this last week I've done some communicating and I I communicated to someone who hurt me in a, in in a very I think kind way. Now, let me also clarify that I still maintained my boundaries, which was important. But we can you can have both. You can you can make your boundaries and you can treat people lovingly at the same time. It takes some practice and some thought and we can't just react. You know, I, I think it took me 4 days maybe a week to respond to the communication that triggered my response. So it's okay to, to think about that and think about how it's going to impact your life and stuff. But you will see, I think I shared this with you about mine and, and Karen's trip to Florida last year, how we just like, we're trying to spread love and kindness around Fort Lauderdale. We were just smiling at people and, um, eye contact and just vibing on on this love and kindness. Like and it's not that we're not loving and kind every day because even you know, as we walk around Schenectady, we we definitely um, are friendly and that's how we know who the dogs are and uh, people who we see on our daily walks. I mean, now I'm on a first name basis with Ace's owner. His name is Nick. Uh, I still don't know underdogs' parents' names or the brown. I think the brown and white dog's Daisy for some reason. That sticks out. But getting to know strangers is, like, kind of fun. But because we treat them, you know, we smile, and it's it's just all good. And with corona even, as we're outside, even though we're outside, I'll be honest, I don't wear my mask when I walk with Karen. It's just her and I, and and I just don't, and I could be wrong for that, but we are mindful just as the other people walking towards us, like if we're on the sidewalk, instead of sharing the sidewalk, someone usually goes on the grass or the street. It's as simple as that, treating other people with respect. I don't want to kill anybody from fucking corona, like, so don't want to fucking kill anybody. And yeah, I'm sorry I'm dropping the F-bomb a lot this morning, but it's things that I'm a little passionate about. But it's it's not fair to put other people at rest. So continue to think about this message. Think about how how does it differ from when we're gambling versus not? And think about how, how you show up. Like, do you and maybe this is maybe because all right, I'm gonna go down a little different rabbit hole here. But let's say that you haven't dealt with the feelings of quitting gambling or maybe you're still gambling and you have, you know, shame and guilt weighing you down and you want to kind of blend in and be invisible. So when you go into a convenience store, you know, you don't make eye contact, your, your eyes are on the ground and you just go in, mind your business, in and out that experience keeps you in that experience and it works both ways too like if there's a grumpy freaking clerk in the store like I went in to get a grinder last night and I love this place's I love this place grinders and I love this place is pizza oh by the way if you're not from Connecticut a grinder is the same as a hoagie or a sandwich and The last few times I've I've gone there, I've been disappointed. It's, like, overpriced, and, like, I think the last time they forgot my mushrooms on my pizza. So, like, I literally came home and cooked mushrooms to put on my pizza, which I paid for. And, uh, anyway, so I'm like, okay, I really want this sub, and I'm going to give them one last try. So, I go in last night, and I'll tell you, the sub was delicious. The bread was actually not freaking hard on the ends like it was last time. And I know some of this is because there used to be a guy that worked there like 10 or 15 years ago, and he just made the best subs. Like, they weren't weighing the turkey back then. Now they weigh the turkey, and it's just obnoxious. But anyway, so the sub was delicious. The food was delicious. I'm still not satisfied with the pricing. But the guy, I felt like I was bothering him to place my order where in the old days, there used to be this girl that worked there that, well, a couple girls actually. Like, I get friendly with the places I patronize. I don't know, I guess part of it's my personality, but it, it used to be a great experience to go in there. And and last night I felt like, gosh, I can't wait to freaking get out of here. And oh yeah, this was the tiebreaker visit to see if I still support them. And... I don't think I'm going to be supporting them. I mean, it's going to take another strong hankering for a sub to go back in there. And it's a shame, too, because, like, the owner is friends with one of my Zumba instructors, and he's a nice guy, and he has a couple places, and I want to support him. And I suppose I I could talk to him about what's going on to make it better, but I don't want to sound, like, bitchy. I don't know. I may still do that if I could figure out a kind way. Because it's, sometimes it's about how people receive us, too. Maybe I, I, I treat them exactly how I want to be treated, but they're just not in a mindset to be open to stuff like that. Because we're going to run into that, too, guys. Like, just know that. But where I'm going with these in-public scenarios is I walked out of there, and if I wasn't me, and if I allowed it, I would have been pissy because he was kind of pissy to me. And I actually did kind of feel that way. When I first got home, I was like unmotivated. I didn't want to do the things I wanted to do, which, oh, by the way, I didn't. I went to bed. It was more important to go to bed. Um, And somebody texted me, one of my girlfriends from, from Kansas City, who trying to make a big decision in her life and and she kind of texted me and I knew that it was a subject that I would want to chat with her about which is why she reached out to me so I call her (laughs) and I said you know you're lucky I love you because I wasn't in the mood to call anybody tonight like I just was not feeling it but speaking to her and and I think the universe you know had her text me because I must have needed to shake myself out of it and get reminded and we ended up having a great talk. And, you know, it was it's life-changing job question career stuff. It's heavy stuff when you're trying to, to do things like that. So she really just made my night and, and reminded me that whether I'm smiling at the staff or other people in the gas station when I'm getting my coffee or I'm showing up for my friends because I'd want my friends to show up for me. And yes, they do. That's why they're still my friends. Like people show up for me, not just when I need something, but, you know, like Tara is a perfect example. She, if we go, you know, four to six weeks or whatever amount of time, if we haven't gotten to see each other because life's just crazy, she checks in with me the way I check in with her. We don't have to freaking text every day or whatever. That's not how our dynamic is, but we know that we need to um. well, we want to, we want to check in with each other. We want to spend time with each other, but it fosters our friendship. It keeps us connected. I mean, when I was in Kansas city, she came out every single year that I lived there. And, and that was like one of the most precious gifts that she came to share my world. She gave me the, you know, the taste of home, her sass and her personality, and we just tore it up when she was there. It was just, that's, and, 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 oh, by the way, I came here, too, and I always stayed at her house. That's that, you know, we treated each other the way we wanted to be treated, and luckily we had a lot of fun doing it. Maybe someday I'll tell you the hot tub story, um, (laughs) not that I like to, uh, brag about my drinking days but we definitely had some adventures and the the amazing thing this is another beautiful thing I haven't drank seven months and Tara and I still get along I'm I'm very blessed that way it's not like our friendship was contingent around my addiction and um you know she had always been respectful of letting me know how she felt you know she's like why do you gamble like she just didn't get it And and one night we went together and she was in tune to how many times I went to the window and how many, how the people there knew me. Um, And that disturbed her as someone who cared about me. And she handled it with, with love and kindness and respect and pointed out her level of uncomfort, but didn't lecture me and didn't do anything I wouldn't receive, right? She had a choice in that matter about how to show up. Like Chuck and I had a conversation on the way to group Saturday and, you know, not when we were with the cop, but prior to that. (laughs) But we were talking about, he was, he has a friend that is doing some things that Chuck from his recovery experience knows aren't necessarily the right ways to do it and our conversation was centered around how frustrated Chuck's getting because this guy won't listen to him now could you imagine if I got frustrated every time somebody didn't listen to me when I'm talking to all you somebodies like my life would be I would would throw in the towel after a day I just can't be in that mindset. Not everybody's going to align with my thinking. And who knows? Maybe I'm not right about something. Whatever that looks like. But I said to him, I said, Chuck, did you ever ask this person if they wanted your feedback? And he's like, no. (laughs) I'm like, well, maybe start there. Right? Because then if somebody gives you permission, it's different than if we're going after him. Now Chuck's motivation on this is 100% pure and he just wants to help the guy. But if the guy doesn't want to hear it, he's not going to hear it. He's not going to take action. That's, that's where we're individuals and we have to own our own shit. We just do. And that's what Tara allowed me to do. That was the point of where I was going with that. Anyway, treat people like you want to be treated. I'm also going to remind you and this just showed up too. I just saw a video um, prepping for the Unleash Your Power. And this lady is crying. And her, she's like, her family won't support her. Her husband won't support her. Her child won't lend her the headphones that she bought because he can't game for four days. Um, her sister's not supporting her. And I shot her a little message and... And told her like she's got to take care of herself like it's not this isn't about treating other people any kind of way but she has to she has to build her foundation and do what she needs to do to take care of herself and the reason i'm saying this is because if you're still i'm telling you to treat others the reading's telling us to treat others like we want to be treated If we're still full of self-loathing or hate or guilt or shame or those things like that that voice, that evil voice still beating us up and being negative and miserable, and that's how we want to treat ourselves to punish ourselves, we don't want to treat people that way. (laughs) We just don't, obviously, right? You know that, so recognize that. So think about what that looks like and how... How you heal yourself first and treat yourself with the love and respect that you deserve and that you're worth so that way you can then treat others like you treat yourself and like how you would want other people to treat you. Isn't it funny that, wow, well, I guess I'm just all caffeinated. Isn't it funny how even, okay, so for me, I was when I was gambling and I had some of that you know, self hate and and why am I doing this? And and I know that I'm destroying myself on the inside. But yeah, if I and and I would hate myself and treat myself maybe not the best. But then if somebody disrespected me or didn't treat me the way I think they should treat me, right? Because that's another whole distinction. Well, treat me better than I'm treating myself. Like how asinine is that? It, you know, and we'd be bothered by that and probably call bullshit on that. Like, hey, you got to treat me nicer than that. Even though I'm not treating myself nice, even though I'm gambling away my life and and ruining my life and hurting the people around me and hurting myself, you don't get the right to do that. Like, that's some demented thinking as well, right? And the final thing I'm going to say, because there was another line that hit me. You know what, guys? I might not come back tonight. I'm giving you a lot of crazy thoughts and I'm yeah I'm gonna unpromise to show up just because I don't know what to expect so if I show up it'll be a bonus okay it said we don't have a way to manipulate our moods and to make sure we're acting in the right manner that's not the one it was the manipulate word that jumped out at me but uh we don't have uh, we don't have a way to Manipulate our moods and make sure we're acting in the right manner. So that's like faking. Oh, here we go. It's a new feeling and often frightening to realize that our moods have been so manipulated by overusing. So this is something I have to remember when dealing with the other addicts in my life. And that's that's the piece I want to put out here. They don't know. Like when you're in the throes of it, they don't know that they're acting that way, manipulative or hurtful or that their pain is showing up and sometimes we're like the collateral damage of their pain. So if you're in that situation, if you're the person listening who has a gambler or even if you're a gambler with other addicts in your life like me, be mindful of that too. They almost, I don't want to say they don't know what they're doing, but if you come from a place of compassion for those people, and again, everything I tell you takes a little bit of work. Because it's not easy, and it's not easy to remember, and the, be- the best way I do it, no matter what my beliefs are today, or how they're evolving, excuse me, is I always think of, okay, well, if they're addicted, from my perspective, and it's really not my a place to decide that for them, but if I kind of mentally do... I have to remind myself they don't know they're acting that way. And I correlate it with, um, I use the cancer analogy, and I'm uncomfortable with that, like saying that to you and saying it to anyone. I'm uncomfortable with the comparison. And this is just my own mental block. And maybe as I go through more learning and research and stuff, I can, I can definitely buy into that school or I'll opt into that, out of that school, whatever that looks like. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm pretty open to that. But for me to handle it and feel good about how these people are, I use the, okay, well, somebody who isn't feeling good, who's sick with cancer, whose medication is you know impacting their thoughts, their behaviors, their moods, I would treat them with compassion because it's the illness doing it that way. So I frame it that way, that the addiction is an illness, and I have to be, treat them the same way I would treat someone with cancer. And that's what helps me get through. Whether whether it's the right or wrong way of thinking, it's, it's what helps me get through. So that's where we are. I am gonna go, I bought some nice fresh fruit, I gotta go make a fruit salad, so that I have easy, good snacks while I'm learning. And I got regular salad. I got all kinds of chopping and prepping to do. So I'm going to go get doing that because it starts in less than, oh, jeez, in two and a half hours. I'm not even showered yet. All right, guys, have a wonderful day. Thanks for letting me chit-chat with you about all these different ideas. And I'll be back soon with lots of good stuff. Well, i